0: Hi, this is Armin Shimmerman. I played Quark on Deep Space Nine. You're listening to TrekMate.
1: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trek Mate podcast. Its
0: continuing mission, to entertain, enlighten, educate,
1: and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone. So, Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this.
0: All eyes. Ask
1: is a tall ship and a star to steer by. I don't want excuses. I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's Log,
0: Stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello everybody, and welcome
1: to TrekMate. My name is Jude Hawkins. And my name is Wayne Emery, yes! Welcome back to another episode. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing the next episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So we will be doing that very shortly. But I just thought I'd let you know, Jude, because Mm. we've been having feedback from trusted people recently about Star Trek Prodigy. And I'm now eight episodes in. Wow. And really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, that's really great to hear. I'm feeling very confident going into it now. Just hearing so many trusted people saying that is, is so reassuring.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's a question of, like, the first couple of episodes, it just felt like a strong kid show.
0: Yeah, which is all I gave it the chance to do, and I, I need to change that now.
1: And it was a question of, like, the, uh, because at that point, only by the very end of that episode, they found the ship. Mm, that's right. That they're uh, going to be using, and... Each episode starts to get a little bit more Star Trekky, cool, and it really, really is quite enjoyable. It is it, like I, I was speaking to Dom, who's in Thailand at the moment, mm, very and good. he um, was messaging us just saying, "Oh no, uh, Prodigies, uh, great, especially like by the time you get to the end of like the uh, current run, which is, like." There's about 20 episodes at the moment. And he goes, no, it's really, really good. It's his favorite new Trek, which admittedly, for Dom, that's not a high bar. He hates all new Star Trek. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much so. Yeah, it's true. That kind of sold me. I was like, okay, I'm going to give it a push. And really, really enjoying it. You said there's 20 episodes? Yeah, there's 20 episodes. Wow, I didn't expect that. Yeah, so uh, they're all like about... 23 25 minutes each so that that's only one season so far people were saying two seasons but i think they might have just like split season 1 into two halves and season 1 is all up on there on paramount plus now
0: wow reminds me of star trek of old like we're not getting that anymore are we like the 21 no. 23 episodes i used to love that
1: yeah, and, and that's the thing because they're like the 23 minutes an episode, mm. it's really easy to digest as well.
0: Is it 23 minutes episode, or has it got like a long intro that's part of that?
1: Well, that's including like the minute, minute and a half intro sequence. So skip past that. So,
0: yeah, pretty close then.
1: Yeah. No, and that's uh, no. It's, so if anybody is sitting on the fence with regards to. Uh, prodigy i definitely recommend giving it a fair shot because Mm. i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying it the characters are all uh, pretty likable i'm enjoying the art style it's really filling me with a lot of hope and also there's been like a couple of little teasers that i'm like okay now i'm interested to see where that goes Mm
0: -hmm. oh i'm gonna have to jump back in properly with that start at the beginning again
1: oh you definitely definitely should it's well, well worth a watch. Mm. Brilliant. So, also, I did, I did watch an episode of Discovery this week. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, I did watch an episode of Discovery this week. So, uh, I thought before we get into uh, the good stuff, I'll just very briefly <laughs> discuss Discovery.
0: It's time to play the Discovery game. Is it real or is it false? Did this stuff really happen?
1: To be honest, I'll be honest with you. This is this is season four, episode four, and it it was almost a pretty normal sort of episode. Oh. There wasn't really any phaser fights, from what I can remember. It was all I am shocked. It was a bit of diplomacy going on. It was
0: strange for them, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So don't get me wrong. This is my favourite discovery episode out of all of season three and four so far however that that doesn't mean it's not crap right yeah so it's just the least bad of the bunch it's my least hated episode yeah in the last like however many episodes Oh, dear. Okay, so I'll give you a quick rundown. This is just notes that I had taken uh, whilst watching it to send to you, uh, to discuss with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it begins with Michael and Book at the beginning, and it turns out that the Vulcan mind meld didn't help Book, and he's still pretty bummed out that his whole planet was destroyed. Who would have guessed? <laughs> and then Tilly has been invited by Starfleet Command to run a training mission for cadets to try and help. You know, the cadets come together as a team because after the burn, cadets have forgotten about all social skills, apparently. Okay. Yeah, so that, the cadets aren't really forming as a team, so Tilly is the person to bring them together because <sighs> the the head of Starfleet s- sees Discovery as like these bastions of hope. <sighs> and from a time where... Everybody got on, so he thought it was a good idea. Well, that's bollocks. Yeah, so he thought it was a good idea to invite Tilly uh, to train them. Then we are on, so Tilly goes off with them and Discovery head to Navarre, to Vulcan, where Vulcan and the Federation are having a meeting to sign an agreement for Navarre to rejoin the Federation. Uh, And they've asked Michael Burnham Saru to come and witness the event as spectators only. We believe that. So en route, Burnham gets a message that the only other Starfleet representative, which was an admiral, is unfortunately ill and can't attend. So now Michael Burnham is a Starfleet representative, but will still just be a witness. So she's not to get involved, but she's doing the admiral's job now. Then we cut to Tilly on a shuttle with four cadets and Adira, who is the uh, Trill Twinks partner, mm-hmm. who are going on some survey mission. And they've been sent on a survey mission to help with team bonding. Whilst in, the, uh, whilst in warp, the shuttle gets hit by a gamma ray, and the shuttle pod drops out of warp, and they crash into uh, a moon. But it's it's luckily, it's in the right star system that they were going to, but it's the wrong moon in like surrounding this planet which has got like nine moons um i did have a question though why was tilly still in warp in a star system shouldn't they've dropped out of warp and, at this point and just been using impulse i i i thought it was common procedure to not stay in warp when within a star system
0: but we're supposed to be in the distant distant future now aren't we where Anything true. could be the case by this point. I don't mean to defend it, but
1: yeah, but the, no, this that, much that's is the, true. You
0: know, the right is out, isn't it? For anything is the fact that well, this is not the Star Trek you know.
1: Hmm. Well, that's the thing. If they can pull phases out of their asses, then yeah, exactly, I'm sure they're yeah. perfectly do safe anything. to do that. Yeah. So, and that wasn't a criticism. That was literally just i put question. <laughs> and then put that.
0: It's fair, I got a question like that for when we talk about Strange New Worlds tonight. I can't remember what it was, something along those lines.
1: Okay, cool. So, uh, they the moon that they've landed on has a breathable atmosphere, but it's an ice planet. And uh, one of the cadets, unfortunately, died on impact. So that's a good start for Tilly. <laughs> Book is now having therapy with the Doctor by building magic sandcastles. That's all that's going on there. Great. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Uh, back on Navarre, the Vulcans. Uh, uh, pre- uh, sorry. Back on the uh, Navarre, the Vulcans. Uh, the Vulcan president has made sure that Saru has a traditional Kelpian tea during the talks. No one else got a drink, only Saru. I think that she fancies him. <laughs> uh, the Vulcans ask for a get-out clause of the Federation in case shit goes south and they want to leave the Federation. The Federation president denies the request and talks break down. Burnham tries to step in and ask for a compromise, but there was no luck. Later we cut to Saru speaking with the Vulcan ambassador. She says they simply want to make sure that Navarre has a safety net, and Saru then asks her to show him some meditation techniques next time. She says, why wait? And they meditate. I'm pretty sure they fucked.
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it's going that way from what you're saying.
1: <laughs> the hints were there. Yeah, some tantric sex. That's the thing. If they didn't physically, they at least mind meld fucks. Yeah. Yes. So back to Tilly, and the ship is uh, being attacked by giant squids that are attracted to the emissions okay. of the tech- Yeah, it's like these aliens that are attracted to the uh, the emissions from their technology, so they turn most of the power off. The ship's comms were fried by the gamma ray burst, but apparently the personal communicators will be strong enough to get a message to a ship in the system if they get to high ground. Once again, as you said, I gave this a little bit of leeway because it's future tech, so maybe personal communicators are strong enough because... Let's face it, Quark and uh, Odo would have loved to have been able to just use their personal communicators when they crashed. Exactly, yeah. Uh, all the cadets are wary or untrusting of other species, so was Starfleet the best choice for them? <laughs> They're all a little bit xenophobic or cautious of one of, one of each other. So, yeah. Because one of them was a human, one was a Tellarite, and one was an Orion the ones that uh, survived the crash. So back on Navarre, Burnham convinces everyone to reconvene and ask if there is a compromise. Vulcans say that they want their voices to be represented, and not have the Federation policy just dictated to them. This episode, I put in brackets, this episode smells a little bit like a Brexit documentary. <laughs> Everything
0: just sounds so backwards so far. I like the fact that it's a lot calmer and more mm-hmm. normal than usual. It sounds like a bit more thought, but just everything's back to front with, you know, what alien races are doing what, like...
1: Mm-hmm. Would they have been that cautious, all of these other uh, plans, Because one thing that I'd made a point of in the third season... When I was discussing it, I'm not sure if it was on here or on another pod. But Mm. the thing is, even though they lost warp drive, all of their subspace communication relays would still have been there. So they still would have been able to be in constant communication with the other planets within the Federation. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So Burnham makes a suggestion of forming a neutral council of representatives to ensure that the Federation is on the straight and narrow. Which, this is a good idea in my opinion. But then, oh no, wait, Burnham has suggested that she be Navarre's representative, as she knows the Vulcan ways. She's 900 years out of touch, and surely the Vulcans would rather pick someone of their own. But nope, the Vulcans think this is a great idea. Of course. She's the captain of a ship, but surely she can fit this into her schedule. (laughs) I, I think it, her initial proposal. I thought, well, that's great. It should be there should be an independent council that can just make sure everything's working fine. Mm-hmm. But no, the, the Vulcans don't want to nominate somebody theirself.
0: The independent council was me.
1: It was it, me it,
0: all along, Austin.
1: <laughs> that has gone over ninety percent of our listeners' heads. Yeah, <laughs> It's a wrestling reference, by yeah. the way.
0: You don't need to know it though. Like God, I I just hate no. that with this show and this character. It just mm-hmm. does my head in. I don't even watch it now, and it's still annoying. Just hearing that they have to do that with that character. She has to be the savior of everything.
1: If they just made the if she just made the suggestion of an independent council, I'd been mm. like, "That's fucking perfect." Yeah. However saying i'll do it for you yeah <laughs> it's just like oh don't michael uh, back to tilly where they are making their way up the mountain have some arguments and some heart to hearts now they are all much closer oh. so squid aliens have come back tilly decides to distract them so that the others can get to the peak they get to the top uh manage to contact uh, the ship that's in because there was an, a ship in the system but uh, another planet that they were trying to contact. Oh. So they managed to contact that ship and they get beamed up just as Tilly is about to get eaten. Damn. <laughs> Back on Navarre, they finish the signing and Navarre is now part of the Federation again. Burnham talks to the Federation president and confirms they were invited on purpose to intervene as she had got a message about Navarre's new demands and couldn't change her stance on her own and needed a third party to propose alternatives. Oh, sounds like crap to me, to be honest. Yeah, it's a whole. Uh,
0: you, sometimes when there's silence on these, there's a whole lot of head shaking going on by both of us. Because yeah. what can you say? Carry on. No,
1: that's the thing. There really isn't. So we cut back to Tilly at Starfleet headquarters, and the head of Starfleet says how great she is and offers her a job training at the academy. Book finally managed to make his magic sand castle. Great. And then Burnham and Tilly have a girly catch-up and share a hysterical story about Tilly snoring when they shared quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Tilly then decides to leave Discovery and work at the Academy, and that's it. Oh. And then I put, all all in all, this was my favourite episode of Season 4. We lost Tilly. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was going to say, so do you think that means she is
1: gone, or they're just... Well, they just turned around and said that, in it, she said, like, I'm sure I'll pop back. So Uh, we we might get her for an episode or two, but Tilly has left the building. Okay. Which, to be honest, I'm glad of because the last few episodes she's just been like a real whingy bitch.
0: Yeah, from what you've said, like not been, not been great. Well, I, I've never really been a big fan of the character, to be honest. No. I, I could see at the beginning how it, it could have been good, what they were sort of going for. This sort of underdog character, but like it's just taking it too far. All these silly situations she's always in, like, and the same sort of story over and over again. Like, oh, I didn't think I could do it, but I can.
1: And it's no, like, I'm first officer. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on, guys, seriously. But and the thing is, for somebody who was as unprofessional as she was, mm-hmm. there is no way she would have been put in the situation where she is, like on what would be equivalent to a flagship.
0: She, you know, if if she was in nineties Trek, the best trek, she would be the equivalent of a Wesley Crusher or a um or a Barclay. Or a Nog, you know. Yeah. Someone who's like they're an underdog type character but they're happy to get what they get Mm -hmm. you know not
1: not the well
0: that's it that's what i'm saying
1: yeah no so uh so all in all i didn't have too much to bitch about with this episode no i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy it but uh, it didn't piss me off as much well, as I'm I
0: just. A little less talkative tonight than I have been on previous episodes because I'm so knackered today. We're recording at night on this one. But to be honest, like, yes, that wasn't as ludicrous as the last three. No,
1: no, there was nothing ludicrous about it. Except the only the only thing I said was I was like, shook my head at was just Burnham suggesting that she bees. Navarre's representative to the federation yeah and i was just like no but that was the only why moment so all in all that's pretty good for discovery <laughs> yeah i guess you could say that yeah no definitely but how many eye rolling moments were in the uh fourth episode of strange new worlds not many that's for sure uh not that i can think
0: of right now no uh,
1: i fucking zero. love this episode
0: Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight, or
1: are we good to crack Um, on? I've discussed Prodigy, I've discussed Discovery, and no, well, to be honest, with how we ramble, there is always something that we can ramble about.
0: One little thing we can say is, um, you can put your plugs in, and we just tell people that we did record a Patreon earlier this week which I yes. thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, and it's probably out there now.
1: No, not yeah. probably, mate. I, I released it the day after we recorded.
0: And we've got new Patreons, new patrons, whatever you call it. I never know what, yeah. what word to use there. But, uh, but yeah, you guys can be one of them if you've not done it or you've not done it in a while. It's on mm-hmm. there. We are going to continue to do them. We will back them up, you know, backlog them and bring them out as and when.
1: Yeah. No, it's a, and the one that we just done was Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. So still working our way through the movies, uh, and to be honest, I really enjoyed this one. It was it was really Brilliant. nice to rewatch it together, and uh, I think we had a really good chat about it. So
0: yeah, yeah, we were a lot more on topic with this one than uh, some of the previous ones, where it was easy to go off topic. To be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, we're looking at you, Star Trek 5. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was was, uh, really uh, fun discussing the Undiscovered Country. So yeah, no, if you do want to check out the Undiscovered Country Patreon, as Jude said, it literally just costs you one pound. That's for the month, but then you you get access to everything.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. There's uh, a few on there and lots more to
1: come. Yeah, no, definitely. So that is patreon.com forward slash trackmate. Yeah, very easy to remember or even guess. <laughs> that's it. Just just look for trackmate on Patreon and you'll yeah. find us. So, yeah, no, well-remembered, Jude. Yeah, no worries. So uh, let's let's head into strange new worlds, shall we? Because that's the thing. I did, looking behind the curtain uh, here, guys, I did promise Jude that we'd make this a quick episode as Jude is feeling slightly tired today. Yeah, I'm very
0: tired, very sleepy. I just yeah, I just ended up doing more work than I, I... I was supposed to be doing two hours this evening uh, cleaning offices and then I um, had to fill in for someone else so I was doing four hours, but because it was particularly messy I ended up working like four and a half. Mm-hmm. So then by the time I'd... Uh, Got home, had a shower, had a very quick lunch-style dinner. I was just knackered.
1: Well, we appreciate you uh, pushing through for us.
0: Oh, I'm still glad to be here. here. I'm just, uh, I'm just going to keep yawning and not be. Well, I've got no choice but to be talkative now because I took the notes for this one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So uh, one thing I
0: strangely yeah. didn't uh, take a note of is what the name of the episode was, though. I know we're on episode four.
1: Yeah, no, the episode, I'm pretty sure, episode four, Memento Mori.
0: Memento Mori.
1: Memento oh, I don't Mori. Think I would have
0: Yeah, strangely enough, when we uh, came to both do our rewatches of this to talk about it, like I'd somehow forgotten about the episode. And I, I think I texted you today saying, I think I just kind of um, remembered parts of this episode of being like parts of an o- of several other episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we start the episode with um, backstory bits for Laan and Uhura, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is the first time we've seen that, where they're just showing you clips you've already seen from the other three episodes.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was. Yeah, and
0: then after that, we start with a uh, Laan log. Mm-hmm. where she's talking about they're having a um, starfleet remembrance day type thing
1: i'll be honest when they um showed this i was just like i was trying to remember in my head if i'm pretty sure there never had been a remembrance day uh in previous trek I and can't i just not remember it i can't remember it but it makes perfect sense
0: yeah it does it yeah makes it's believable. That's,
1: yeah, because, well, we have Remembrance Days uh, for all different sorts of things, but why would you not remember other members of Starfleet that have that, like, lost their lives yeah. doing what you do? So no, it. I really thought it was a great idea to add into the story. They do this a bit
0: like with some of ours, uh, Remembrance Day type things. They They have
1: pins. And if you're not wearing it, they will shame you. Yeah,
0: yeah, we do see that. In Lan's log, she says how they're en route to somewhere that's running out of breathable atmosphere air or something like that. That's what you get from Jude Notes. (laughs) But it's true. (laughs) It's not wrong.
1: Was it not that they hadn't heard from a colony in a while? That's right, yeah, yeah, you're spot on there. Pike
0: does a, a speech... Over the intercom, com, whatever you want to say. Tannoy. Yeah, Tannoy. <laughs> Attention! <laughs> Whoever has parked the Ford Fiesta.
1: <laughs> Clean up in R12.
0: His, his thing is obviously just about Remembrance Day stuff. Yeah. We see Ahura uh, and um, how do we pronounce his name? Hemmer. Hemmer. Yeah, Ahura and Hema uh, walking down the corridor and being a bit of a know-it-all, like almost like a teacher
1: role to her, and she kind of puts him in his place. I'm not sure if this is the first... I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, because obviously I've watched all of Strange New Worlds now, but I'm not sure if this is the first instance that we get. No, no, it isn't, because they've interacted before if that's all they've, they've interacted before and it, but also Hemmer ends up becoming a bit of a mentor to her
0: yeah there's there's definitely a, a bit of friendship building or whatever you want to call it relationship mm-hmm. building in in this episode with these two absolutely uh, well a lot more in a bit but i i won't mm-hmm. um say anything about that yet oh she's comparing um engineering to logistics which he doesn't like and then and as i say she, uh, yeah. she puts him in his place with that,
1: proves herself to be right. Yeah, no, well, that's the thing. She's basically just saying, like, it's engineering is like linguistics because some sort of oh, it's linguistic. figuring out how how different course, yeah. uh, systems who don't seem to work together mm-hmm. do. So, yeah, she's like, no, mm, it's, it's pretty similar. Yeah. And, no, yeah, I, I, know, I like fair her. Fair play, Uhura.
0: Number one speaks to Luan, uh, who doesn't want to wear a pin, uh, Yeah, which we'll come back to in a bit. But I mean, the fact that they showed the backstory bit at the beginning of the episode, like it, it's easy mm-hmm. to understand why she is the way she is.
1: Yeah, and she just explains that she doesn't want to be living in the past, and she wants yeah. to be like looking forward, so she doesn't really follow the traditional remembrance day that they have. Yeah, no, I would support her if I was there. I'd say that's fair enough, if that's yep. how you feel. I'm sure Una gave her a smack as they went off screen, though. <laughs> like, put that pin on! Yeah.
0: We hear the name for the first time, Phinibus Free, where we're getting no response from it. This is um, Spock and Co. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Spock finds something they find, but their satellite has been destroyed.
1: Yeah, it uh, was first of all thinking it was like some sort of interference. Or That's something. right, yeah. But, but then, yeah, the uh, relays
0: been destroyed. Number one starts up a landing party and immediately picks Lan and grabs mm-hmm. a couple of red shirts, which I thought was funny. Getting ready to die. Yeah, they go straight down. It's very dark down there. There's a lot of fire, you know. There's uh, something's gone on that they even say a skirmish has occurred earlier on. Then they start to see blood and say that there's been a massacre here, and they can see that bodies have been dragged in numerous directions. So, yeah, it's pretty uh, crazy scenes.
1: Yeah, that's it. There was a mass killing, there was plenty of blood everywhere. So, you know, that shit has really gone south. I I think you just said
0: it, but I was so certain at this point that like, okay, the red shirts are going to get killed now, right? (laughs) I thought that was going to be our first Strange New World red shirt deaths.
1: Sorely disappointed.
0: Well, I'll come back to that in a bit. (laughs) We'll come back to that in a bit. But um, when Pike realises there's an unknown ship in the area, he immediately beams everyone back Probably mm-hmm. the shortest away mission ever on Star Trek yep. history, possibly.
1: And uh, the thing is, is normally we end up getting a away team stuck on the planet whilst yeah. the ship is having to deal with everything. So it's actually quite new. Yes, yeah, refreshing in a way. Yeah. First thing Pike thinks of is get my people back before putting his shields up. Yeah. And no fair play to him.
0: He speaks to someone on the screen and who I put in brackets, Tilly, question mark, Uh, but it's (laughs) actually Professor Sandy, who just happens to look a lot like the Tilly character, I thought.
1: Uh, I didn't clock that.
0: Yeah, well, I thought so anyway. Um, She says that they have radioactive ore or something. Um, I don't know if that meant that they can't read things properly or whatever.
1: No, I think uh, what that was... do with was because they were a uh, they were basically the last survivors from they can't
0: beam over they've got to board manually sort of thing
1: yeah because the last survivors from the planet had got into the cargo ship Mm. uh, after being attacked so and they had stayed hidden until they knew that enterprise wasn't a threat and then came out and were relieved that they were starfleet which is absolutely understandable if you've just had everybody be massacred. And as you said, because of the radioactive or they can't beam across the Enterprise. So the Enterprise sends out a uh, tube to uh, Mm -hmm. hook up, which, to be honest, first time that we've seen that in any of the bigger ships, we saw stuff like that on the NX-01. And I thought it was really, really Cool to see something like that because it makes sense that the ships have a like manual dock. Yeah, to dock with other ships.
0: Yeah, it it definitely does. So they do that once they realise that there's no other ships. It's Spock who's saying that. mm Hmm. I've got. Oh, come on.
1: No, I was just going to say, which is at, at this point that Laan and number one are uh, meeting some of the refugees yep. uh, uh, and like, uh, discussing things. And it's when La'an is talking to a child that uh, the, uh, the child is like, no, I saw who attacked us. And I, my, well, I didn't see them. I heard them. And they were going.
0: Yeah, they speak to the girls second, but there's a uh, an adult they're speaking to first. Uh, mm-hmm. who says that there was rain on fire, blood, mm-hmm. bodies taken, which we already know that. but uh... Yeah.
1: Yeah, so they were like, well, rain on fire, that's going to be like a plasma bomb- bombardment. Mm-hmm. Like, just like raining down on everyone.
0: But yeah, the little girl does a good job of uh, making like spooky kind of atmosphere <laughs> with this talk. With Creepy the... girl vibes. Yeah. Um, so this is like alarm bells for Lan, uh, hearing this from the girl. She tells the bridge immediately to scan for um,
1: whatever. Yeah, some sort of uh, a mission that uh, she, she knew these ships would be using to uh, disguise themselves. Yeah, and they sort
0: of, at the same time, I guess, realise they can't raise the shields. Um, yep.
1: Because immediately, like, Laan is like, gets shields up, and they're like, we, we can't. Yeah. The, uh, the tube's over. Um,
0: She just quietly says, I guess she's quite scared. Mm hmm. It's the Gorn. It's the Gorn. Yeah, lovely titles. Mm hmm. And then we get a memory from Laan, a smiley guy. Yeah wakes just... oh yeah wakes no. up to nurse chapelle helping her and others
1: chapelle chapel did i say chapelle you said Chappelle. Oh, I'm tired. Nurse, Nurse Chappelle. <laughs> yeah, that's a French. That's a French sister.
0: Yeah, I've not even. I've not written anything down. It's not like I've written her name down wrong. It's just that's come out of my head from some Ooh la la! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I'm probably going to yeah, end up because, saying that again tonight, to be honest.
1: Because uh, yeah, just before the credit sequence, we had uh, the uh, tube was getting blasted to pieces. Yeah. So. So already,
0: like, just like ten, fifteen minutes in, this is a really good episode. I think it's safe to say. Oh yeah, and just and you know, just that mention of the Gorn and like uh, doing that species justice, which I'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk a lot more about that uh, at the end. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Pike asks Hemmer to search for answers,
1: etc., on the bridge. At this point, Ahura and Hema are stuck inside the uh, shuttle bay, not shuttle bay, cargo bay at this yeah. point already because they've been blasted to pieces. Yeah. And bef- I think by the time that they talked to them, had they already, because they wouldn't have just stopped getting hit, I'm pretty sure at this point they had already gone to hide inside the gas Play? Uh, no, I don't think so. I've
0: kind of no? written or down nearly everything in order, I okay. think, on this one. Okay, go for it. Um, so La'an uh, sees the smiley guy, uh, sort of like a hallucination almost, on the bridge behind the captain, mm-hmm. who mentions holographic people and talk about everything thus far being a trap, which I just think is very cool you know, yep. learning that, like, it's that elaborate. Like, the Gorn are obviously very different, way more evolved and cool than they were were 50-odd years ago.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think they've even, like, added on to what Enterprise had, uh, like, insinuated with them as well. So... Yeah,
0: yeah they, they did a good job, and I think they've done an even better job here, really.
1: Absolutely. Though a part of me still wanted them to like really big up the Gorn and then have him still come over and be in the original TOS rubber outfit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that would be funny. I'm
0: going to say a spoiler now, because it doesn't matter, because everyone who's listening to this presumably has watched it. And... And if you haven't, like, it's a spoiler. Just you know, I'm sure, in order, but I'm just gonna do it out of order. I'm sure
1: if someone hasn't listened, they probably have turned off at this point to make sure that it's not spoiled for them. If we're going straight mm. into a review, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're 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 all safe here.
0: Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna tell you two things. Like, one is what they do on this episode, which is great. Which you reminded me of before I rewatched it. Is you never actually see them. Hmm. You never actually see the Gorn in this episode, and you'd think that would be a bad thing, but it's not. They've done it so well, where they create this sense of fear and everything,
1: but mm-hmm. without ever actually showing the bad guys. It's it's it, To be able to do that is a real uh, talent, because as you said, they make the Gorn ultra bloody scary, and we don't actually yeah. see them. And I also, like, put in my notes, like, you know, could the Gorn be
0: to Strange New Worlds what, say, the Borg were to TNG? You know, it's like shit got real, you know, once you suddenly heard about these mm-hmm. this alien race and how, de- you know, because they really sell it mm-hmm. throughout this episode. Like, you know, this is the first time we're meeting them, but it could, you know, like when Q snaps his fingers um, the first time you see that Borg queue mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, okay, but what we're going to do next time when we've not got Q And yeah, I kind of felt those sort of vibes with this.
1: Yeah. Oh, Okay. I'm not going to go into this conversation now because I don't want to diverge sure. too far off, but at some point ask me about a theory that I'd read about the Q and the Borg. Okay. Yeah, just keep that in the memory banks at some point because I do have a crap memory. Oh. But um, yeah, ask me about that in future. That's not a quick conversation.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, uh, so Laan gets uh, put in charge. She is at that now the acting number one because... Una's in sickbay. Yeah, she's... Una's fucked, yeah. She's got some real,
1: like... Bad Bad, bad injuries going on. And yeah. they're... Definitely, definitely hiding in the because they are hiding in a gas cloud that is around a black hole. That is yes.
0: That they're now switching everything off and one hundred percent hiding. Mm-hmm. After or they they take on fire from the
1: uh, yeah from the Gorn ship yeah, and because when number one is in sick bay uh they can't perform their normal medical stuff because this cloud that they're in doesn't allow everything to be on like yeah. it, it restricts systems so they're having to go back to needle and thread for uh sewing up uh, yeah Oona. yeah it's a that's a, a gory little scene there and also oh uh, there they're was very realistic looking there was one scene um when they were being attacked that was quite cool as well because we saw chief kelly like uh trying like escaping like a part of the ship that was being attacked that they were about to have to uh, that was about to hold breach and he tried to help a member of crew who was injured and he he weren't going nowhere so he just pushed chief kelly through the uh the, the doors as they were shutting. I thought that was very good, very sort of nice and sad. Mm-hmm. Very quick
0: scene as well. Oh,
1: it was blink and you miss it, but it was yeah. Once again, they're just they're showing the chief of the transport room a bit more as well. So we're yeah we're still getting a bit of an ensemble going. It's all leaning in the right yeah. direction.
0: I like it. We also see Hemmer down and Hura helps him their path the, the door is blocked out of the uh, cargo hold so they're fucked. mm-hmm in trickmate language yeah uh, explosion imminent Pike is speaking to the doctor and and someone else oh I guess it's them Hemmer and the doctor on the, the view screens I thought they looked really really good. Had a really realistic look to them in this. I, I've said that before about Strange New Worlds. A lot of the small things like that, I think, really look more realistic on this program than maybe all the other Star Trek's. Mm-hmm. I just like that. It just looks like an actual TV for once. Yeah. Instead of just a, you know, a green screen thing that's been stuck on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not articulating, but.
1: No, it looks like actual tech and yeah yeah no it does it works well
0: and the pictures you know it's not necessarily 4k you know no
1: uh, um just as one side note back uh yeah. just want to apologize to uh chief kyle i got his name wrong it isn't kenny it's kyle my brain just kicked in oh he'll forgive you he'll forgive me <laughs> yeah <laughs> chief kelly was his mate
0: we learned from dr and that we've got nine casualties sickbay's fucked, they need supplies, because as you said they can't use
1: the usual stuff mm-hmm. yeah, and Nurse Chappelle proving herself to be quite handy as well with, with everything, she, she's proving to be a bit yeah, have you said that on purpose, well. uh, of a country doctor as well, of course you, I have said it, said it on <laughs> purpose
0: <laughs> you're just trying to make me say that forever onwards <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Um we see Ortega, Spock, Lan, Plan with Pike, Lan talks about uh, Gorn history mm-hmm. and talks about how they see them as just prey, warm bags of blood and jelly, which I thought was an interesting description. Mm-hmm. She also says, oh, uh, once uh, it's just her and the captain, I think, she says how she doesn't waste time with her feelings. Yeah. Which is sort of cool and sad at the same time.
1: And the thing is as well, uh, during that meeting in the um, observation uh, room, uh, whatever they like to call it on uh, this enterprise, mm. they um, she uh, she made one point because I think it was either Spark or Pike or someone. Uh, turned around and said, "Well, there hasn't been any sightings of uh, the Gorn in so long," and Ron just goes, "Oh no, plenty of people have seen the Gorn. It's just that they don't survive." Yeah. But so and this is it, where they are now it's uh surprising to them because the Gorn are pushing further and further into fed, uh, federation space they haven't normally come this close to federation space before so yeah.
0: yeah that's more of what i'm saying about just totally reminds me of the the borg stuff mm-hmm. from tng just like really selling them as a huge threat
1: to them yeah no, and they're doing a good job they're doing
0: really good yeah. job of it. Yeah, I really look forward to seeing where this goes. Mm-hmm. If it does go anywhere in Season 1, just don't tell me yet, because I've not got past season uh, Episode 6. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Hemar. 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 His fingers are totally mangled, so he's going to need Uhura to, to help him down there. Uh do whatever he would normally do.
1: I I appreciate the special effect, uh, the um physical special effects that they used on his fingers because, like the glove that yeah. they made him wear, uh, wear his his fingers were in all fucking different directions. They were. They really were. Yeah, he didn't break <laughs> they it. They, very good. They were shattered, absolutely yeah. shattered.
0: There's no way he's doing anything. No. She she wants him. Uh, to give her instructions and I liked his little quote of I'm not fond of teams mm-hmm. like even with all that going on he just uh, says that
1: but you uh, don't have much of a uh, option do you no Mr Hammer uh, Spock gets creative with his plan
0: technobabble they contract the gorn they contracts them They can. Oh, they can track them.
1: I'm miserging now.
0: They they say (laughs) a bunch of techno babble, but yeah, it's.
1: They can now (laughs) track the Gorn. Yes, they they can uh, figure out where they are, and uh, they're pretty bloody close. They do that.
0: Yeah, and the Gorn can't see them yet. Um, Mm -hmm. Pike plans to drop Torpedo. Uh, Rather than fire, because fire would get them in more trouble.
1: Well, and also because they uh, inside this cloud, uh, the uh, sensors aren't uh, don't work well enough that the torpedoes would be Mm -hmm. able to lock on to the Gorn ship and hit it. So uh, they can see where the ship is, and the ship is flying about trying to find them. So they figure, well, we're just going to go straight above them. Drop a turd on them, and it's going to be like gravity. Yeah, gravity will just do what it does, and the talk. Yeah, that—that that was my technical question about this episode. Is—is is there gravity there? Well, each object creates its own amount of gravity depending on its mass. So, I suppose if they're close enough. Because it really
0: does appear to drop very quickly yeah, when they do it. Yeah, as if it was in
1: normal mm-hmm.
0: gravity, For, like if, Earth's gravity.
1: Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm no Patrick Moore or Stephen Hawking. Um, nah. but from my understanding of space, is like every single item has everything that has mass has its oh. own gravitational pull. It would have made more sense to me if there was like three
0: crewmen just kicking it as it went down. (laughs) That would have made a bit more sense why it dropped down so fast. But I'm not that bothered. No, it's not a big deal. I just found it interesting. No, I think because that worked
1: because of how it drops out of the ship. It's already got a certain amount of momentum to it before Mm. it leaves the ship, and then the mass of the other ship just kind of helps continue to pull it down that was my basic understanding but i will ask we'll go with that. i'll ask Neil degrasse tyson if that would be accurate yeah <laughs> um they destroy
0: the ship straight away uh and then multiple ships appear and i think you know we think of it the audience as soon as the uh, the crew do but that was clearly a trap yeah And we don't know how many people or Gorn or whatever were aboard, but however many it was, like they were happy to make that sacrifice just because they're so happy to hunt these humans.
1: And it it seems like the Gorn, as far as they're concerned, uh, they don't care if that ship had managed to find the Enterprise. Great. They found them. They can finish the hunt. If they don't Mm. and they get destroyed. Doesn't matter. Great. We found them. We can continue yeah.
0: that. So Yeah, which again reminds me of the Borg. Like, they just, they don't even care about each other. Mm-hmm. Like, they just want to get to that goal.
1: That's the thing, I was just trying to think, like, the only other sort of species that we find that, uh, no, I suppose um, Hadar wouldn't give a shit either. Like they would sacrifice. Yeah, but,
0: you know, they've got, more of a story to them Mm -hmm. that they've been bred to do that but yeah Yeah. you're right
1: yeah they're they're a bit ruthless like that and the only Mm. other hunting species that i can think of are like the herojan but whether they would be willing to sacrifice
0: i'm not so sure
1: no i don't think they would be as eager to just you know they're like an intelligent species
0: of people, of individuals, yeah. sort of. And uh, Whereas that's you thing. don't really get that with the Borg, and we're not getting that with the G- Well, we're not even bloody seeing the Gorn at this point. Mm-hmm. We're just imagining them.
1: Yeah. And just imagining them does... Uh, it, it leaves enough to the imagination that it does make them scary. It makes them a threat.
0: Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, Lan, I, th- I don't know if she says or whatever, it's time to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pike. Uh, chooses to go deeper into the brown dwarf. We all um, want to go deeper in the brown dwarf. <laughs> Number one is stitched up, gory. Uhura works with hammer. Uh, yeah, and I like this this little scene. Um, where he's telling her what to do, blah blah blah, and she's like, "Yes," sort of thing. Like, I did it, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Good." Now we can get started. Yeah, she's like get started. Like she thinks they've like accomplished what they were supposed to be doing. But no, yeah, I like that.
1: No, poor Ahura. She's got so much more work to go. Uh,
0: now yeah, lower deck twenty-two. We've already covered that with um, Kelly or Kyle, whatever
1: he's called this week, Chief Kyle. That was my fault. Sorry.
0: It's all right. Um. The Gorn, uh, one of the Gorn ship, we see it literally crumple mm-hmm. uh, before our eyes because it can't stand the pressure, and uh, they knew that that was a risk. But yeah, that was kind of cool to see.
1: That was cool because at this point as well, uh, I'm not sure if it was just before or just after. It, like uh, everybody in different parts of the ship's just hearing the ship ship really creaking, and it's like that's from the gravitate from the um, atmospheric pressure. Yeah, this is. That comes
0: in a moment. Number one has one last thing. uh, Still stuck in her. A bit of shrapnel. Um, She needs to be sedated. uh, And she's going to lose a massive amount of blood, we find. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spock and Lan. Sometimes, sometimes my notes are just English. Brown dwarf sucked into. Oh, right. He does some techno. Well, not techno babble. Yeah. Just some Spock babble. Yep. Yeah. And she just says, speak English. Mm mm-hmm. To which he says, Brown dwarf is being sucked into a black hole. Yeah. Uh, Pike instructs to take the Galileo. Now scanning. Gone. Uh, Basically, uh, non-scanning
1: Gorn. No, no. What uh, what was going on there was the uh, basically they know that they need to leave uh, the like thing because they're getting uh, the uh, enterprise is getting sucked into the black hole as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So they need to leave at some point soon. But like sticking their head above the water to see what's going on outside would mean that the Gorn know exactly where they are. So Spock, well, La'an suggests taking a shuttlecraft to uh, go and scout and find out where they are, because they would go much more easily undetectable. But, uh, and Spock goes with her. So, like, because La'an said, uh, Pike wasn't keen on the idea, but La'an said, you don't need to find any volunteers, I'll do it. And Spock goes, yeah, and I'll go too. Well said, thank you. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the the
0: non-scanning thing was uh, they're seeing the Gorn ships sort of appear to be scanning each other, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it that's them sending messages, yeah, back and forth. Lan tries tries to remember stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and she can't because she su- suppressed all these memories. And then she says, "You can help me, so we all know where that's going." Get a bit a little bit of mind melding action.
1: Yeah. We all like a bit of mind melding action.
0: Definitely. <laughs> Gorn breeding planet.
1: Mm-hmm. Scared. Yeah, so we uh, we get a look into Laan's mind and it takes her back to like where she had been her colony had been like decimated by the Gorn. And yeah. we get to see who that smiley guy is who smiley guy is and it's her brother
0: yes and he explains to her uh when they're sort of running away uh how they communicate Mm -hmm.
1: gives her a notepad
0: yeah he he's written all the codes down of uh, it's almost like morse code isn't it Mm -hmm.
1: the one thing that i did think with that though is the only thing that i could Okay, there are two things that I could criticize this episode for. Um, And the first thing is that surely if the Gorn were using a type of Morse code, it it would not be spelling traditional English letters because their language wouldn't be spelt the same way. They wouldn't necessarily have the same amount of letters in their alphabet as we do. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So that that was, uh, but I'm gonna give him that one because I'm enjoying the rest of the episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, When they're doing the mind meld, she realizes that uh, Spock suppressed some stuff himself, and they were uh, they come to the realization that uh, Spock had lost his sister, and I just put sacrifice too. And I just broke down. Please say that's not Burnham. Of course, it's Burnham. And and then I just put, or is that a good thing? That yeah, Burnham got eaten by some corn. <laughs> I I don't know what this is referencing. No. I'm I'm guessing I'm supposed to know. Yeah, you're and supposed just to know instantly.
1: It, it's just that it isn't clicking for you. No, what that's referencing is like because obviously their minds are connected. So mm. she uh starts to get like feelings of because uh, like from Spock because she her brother sacrificed himself to save her yeah. so she had like these feelings of guilt about it and then she started to like get feelings from Spock and realize that he also had a sister who had sacrificed herself because of course Michael Burnham uh, put on her winged angel suit and sent everybody Sorry, into I, I the future. A feeling
0: it might just be that. So that's yeah, it. That is literally it. Oh, fuck off. Stop ruining, stop trying to ruin Strange New Worlds discovery. Leave it alone. Yes. We've got a good thing going here.
1: Like the rest of Starfleet, we'll put that into the uh, classified section.
0: Yeah, I just, yeah, I just let that wash over me. I was, mm-hmm just at the time seeing it, I was just like, they're bloody talking about Burnham, aren't they? And I just thought, well, oh, could they be talking about another sister? And I was just like, no. If there was, we would have we would have known about that for decades.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, the whole Burnham-Spock thing is just stupid anyway. Yes, it is. Lan tricks the Gorn with a message uh, which basically says that some humans have boarded one of their ships mm-hmm. so uh one gone ship destroys the other uh just just because there's humans on there
1: this was one th- the uh okay w- when i said there wasn't any rolling of eyes moments i'd forgotten this moment mm. because after getting the uh the morse code from lan's memory I was unsure because I understand the premise of like sending a message to make the other Gorn ship think that their other Gorn ship has been overrun with humans, so that, like they cull the weak. That's that's the entire plan. That's how the little gorn ship gets destroyed. But I don't understand how the shuttlecraft managed to hack into the Systems of the other Gorn ship to manipulate their light, because surely if the shuttlecraft was making their own light, it would be you'd be like, well, that's coming from a different source. But yeah, m- I see what you're saying. Maybe I missed something. Maybe it may, maybe they did whack in like a line or two of techno babble that uh, washed over me. But that was my only thing that I could say.
0: Yeah, probably. If it was like Miles O'Brien on that runabout, he could have explained it in three seconds. Yeah. And, and they probably with about twenty words.
1: They probably did, and this is
0: probably where I'm We just reverse the Jellifier capacitor and flip it upside down and it's like a pinball machine. That's it. Also <laughs> <got to> do...
1: <laughs> yeah, that is that is pretty much <laughs> what it is. like so, I'm sure it's just me. I'm sure it's just me being thick, so I don't know. I yeah, I didn't give it
0: much thought to be honest. Uh, either time when I was watching it, it worked. That's all we need to know. Yeah.
1: It worked.
0: Yeah, and just further shows the Gorn as just being crazy buggers. Mm-hmm. If they're that serious to do that, like you know, you could have just waited a minute. Like if you think the humans are that weak, like what are the humans gonna do? Just you know, wait for the other Gorn to just kill them on the ship,
1: like they are probably gonna there is no waiting yeah yeah bit over the top isn't it i think yeah the get rid of the chaff
0: yeah okay so uh, we go back to ahura and Hema. uh who they speak about him being a pacifist and uh um which is a nice little uh scene to be honest
1: yeah because uhura said well uh, that's a bit uh contradicting isn't it like you're a pacifist but you've joined starfleet which is like a military organization and he's like well no there's a difference between pacifism and and like uh and like sticking up for like fighting for the ideals that you believe in Mm -hmm. Like you can be a pacifist and still defend what you love. You don't yeah. have to let everyone shit on you. You can defend things. So, yeah, yeah, no. I, I thought it was nice, but a nice bit of character building for him. Absolutely, telling us a bit more about him. And at this point, Ahura is managing to uh, continue to do like the work that he needs to uh, try and stabilize the uh, yeah. plasma injectors or whatever it was that they were working but, but,
0: on. They do realize at this point that uh to go back to normal they're gonna have to vent everything,
1: yeah, they need to vent the cargo bay, but they are blocked into the cargo bay,
0: yeah, uh, so they've gotta get some gear together to some like rock climbing type gear to stop themselves from flying out, yeah.
1: um yeah, because uh just before that scene, they had uh a scene with the bridge crew. Once again, discussing yeah. they need to get out and Captain Pike saying, well... Uh, Very TOS type conversation. Yeah, uh, the best way to do it is surely to uh, slingshot around yeah. the uh, black hole, uh, or, or was it the uh, brown dwarf? might have been the brown dwarf, uh, to use that momentum to escape the pull of the, of the black hole. And that's right, I yeah. said, yeah, well, as soon as we do that, we're going to be uh, visible to the Gorn. And uh, at which point, Spock uh, points out that the. Uh, he, well, no, Spike. Spike. Fuck, I done oh, it again. Spike's back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's back, everyone. <laughs> second week
1: in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do. I done it as well. Yeah, Pike, <laughs> uh, Pike asked Spock to uh, clarify. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay. <laughs> oh dear, Spike and Chappelle. Uh, yeah, that's
0: going to be this week's episode <laughs> yeah. name, right there.
1: Uh, Spike and Chappelle do it again. Yeah, no, uh, they. Yeah. We find uh, it, no. He asks Spock to uh, explain what happens like when you go like too near to the event horizon of a black hole, and basically. Mm. Uh, it makes whatever's falling into the black hole look like it's frozen. So it gives them an opportunity to try and escape, uh, which at that point they've got the plan of venting the cargo bay. So that then all of that nasty crap that's going like, to explode eventually, it gets dropped into the uh, cloud of everything getting pulled into the black hole mm-hmm. to give the illusion that the Enterprise was destroyed. Yeah, a decoy. Mm-hmm, because at that point, the hunt
0: is over. Ortega says if this works, she's going to refer to this as the pike maneuver. Mm-hmm. They do vent the hold. Plan works. Go and leave. Everything looks bad down there. Like, you're not sure if Ahura uh, and Hema are okay. Oh, uh, there was one very happy red shirt on the bridge, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, when everything goes to plan just like does like, like a fist pump like yes. <laughs> I just thought that was that was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lance says something along the lines of but what about next time? Which mm-hmm. is cool.
1: Um and then cut to her like finally wearing a pin. Mhm. decides to at this point after uh maybe facing some of her uh, trauma with Spock, yeah. and after like what they've been through, stay decides that she will join the crew and uh, succumb to that pressure of wearing her remembrance pin. And, and that is
0: our episode.
1: So uh, yeah, we had some we had continuation of nice character building for Laan. We had some yeah. nice uh, building of a relationship between Hema and Ahura. Yeah, and it, all in all, I thought that uh, all of the characters are well represented in this uh, episode, and uh, it's definitely it's an enjoyable one. It, even though I had a couple of nitpicks, which is fine, but yeah, no, I think it was really, really enjoyable.
0: It's very well done, and also bringing back
1: an old character in a way in in the
0: Gorn and and doing something well they've done that with I know it's one person as opposed to a race but like they've done that with Ahura, brought a old character back and put a new spin on it made it more interesting like Ahura is so much more interesting than she's ever been before right now mm-hmm. in this uh, and the same I know it's different but it's same with the Gorn now you know they're what uh, maybe Gene Roddenberry might have wanted them to be all along I don't know
1: well, that's thing we'll never know for sure, but yeah, no, it's definitely yeah, they were always intent. When you speak to people that were kids back in the sixties, like you get some people. I was people just where, wondering that you get some w- were like, young kids going like,
0: "Oh my god, it's so can't grotesque!" Get away from him?
1: yeah. <laughs> well, if kids were hiding behind the couch at Doctor Who, I'm sure there was one or two that was hiding yeah. behind the couch at Agorn. Yeah, I guess it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, it's just we've come so far away from that that we're like, no, surely not. But yeah, I bet there was. Yeah, there must have been, yeah. Yeah, I bet there was, and um, I'm sure it's not going to be the last that we see of the Gorn.
0: No, uh, yeah, I hope not, but I- I'm sure,
1: I'm sure it won't be. Yeah. So no, it, all in bring all, bring it on, I say. All in all, I think it's a very strong episode and really enjoyable.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. And very much looking
1: forward to the next one. Absolutely. And um, next time we will do, uh, I, next episode we will do that. Jude's already done his homework for Spock and Mark. So. uh Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm
0: eager to get into it. a very different one, the next one. Uh, very,
1: very different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot more comedic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a
0: totally different we're tone. It's still very well done,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's what TOS was all about as well, so...
0: Yeah, yeah, you didn't always know what you were going to get week to week.
1: No, it, it, that's the thing. As long as it's well
0: done, like, uh, I don't mind.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's the thing. That's, that's all that we can ask. Yeah, and also, you know, we. I did suggest on the um, Patreon pod that we've done that maybe at some point we'll... Uh, do flashback from voyager at some point soon as well yeah to tie into that i'm happy with that so maybe at some point we'll uh take a one week break from uh strange new worlds and uh do that we can do that can't we yeah no reason why not yeah no exactly because i think i think it'd be too much to try and fit both into one episode otherwise it would be a mammoth yeah two and two two and a half hour episodes so i think we'll yeah. separate that up and at some point do flashback from season three of voyager because uh... oh shit sorry, i sorry
0: i just realized that um on my uh, my app my dodgy app that i use mm. for some reason voyager even though i was in the middle of watching it last year before i got that mm. it's the only thing that's not on there oh really I've got mm. all the movies. I've got all the other '90s. You know, I've got TOS. That's I've got all weird, the new crap.
1: Voyager is the only one, but isn't on there. Mm. Well, uh, well. So, in that um, case, we'll put that off until at some point it either has access or you. This is it season three, did you say? Season three. Yeah. I'll um. I'll I'll see if I can just
0: pick up the DVD for cheap from charity shop or CEX or something.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're actually that expensive. Uh, I bet they're dirt
0: cheap now, even for the, the the best looking DVDs. I would imagine.
1: Yeah, no, I I can imagine that they probably are uh, dirt cheap. I'm I'm gonna uh, have a quick look actually, and uh, I'll tell you just as I'm curious now. So, Star Trek Voyager. Uh,
0: Star It'd Trek be fun. Uh, as silly as it sounds, it would be uh, fun, sort of interesting to buy one of them for the first time in a, a long time. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that it's at just the flick of a button now. You just go onto these different apps and it's all there waiting for you. I much prefer it that way. But uh,
1: If you were buying them separately, season three is £6. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. For that, uh, £6. A lot of the other seasons are like 3 quid, 4 quid. Uh, if you was buying the entire bunch, it would be thirty two pound for a DVD. That's very so, good. Yeah. yeah. And I was gonna say, I wonder what it is on Blu Ray, but we don't have a high definition for, uh, uh, version of Voyager, so there is no Blu Ray. Right, yeah. Yeah. So it should be though. Oh yeah, there definitely should be. So I think it would actually look at these prices. I think it would actually work out cheaper to buy them separately. Uh, than the entire yeah, box I've, set. I've, yeah, I've seen that in the past with the the older Star Trek series. Yeah, strange, but uh, yeah. I think I think they just adjust their prices depending on how much stock they've got of something. So the more stock they've mm-hmm. got, the lower the price uh, is, so that they can Definitely. shift it. Yeah. So yeah, no, this it, yeah. So okay, we'll put that off until at some point uh, you've got. The Voyager episodes uh, to watch and we'll stick to Strange New Worlds for uh, the foreseeable. I'll I'll definitely keep my eye out. But once again, I do highly recommend checking out Prodigy as well. I will do. I've got to watch that.
0: I've got to watch uh, Lower Decks as well. I've got a lot to... uh...
1: I think we are at this point about three weeks away from Picard returning. Oh, so. Okay, and uh, one thing uh, I just could touch on very quickly because I did share it on the Facebook and Instagram and everything else, but, uh, you know, um, SFX, the magazine, they, yes, um,
0: I, I saw it in Tesco today. I saw Picard and, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Dr. Crusher, Crusher and everything peeking yeah. over the top of another magazine.
1: On the front of the magazine, there's like this gold bar that just says like season three of Star Trek Picard may just do the impossible and silence keyboard warriors globally. Yes, it really is that good. And <laughs> I thought... Hey, keyboard what? warriors. Yeah, I, I thought to myself, I was like, OK, then I'm glad that you think it's that good. I yeah. hope it's that good. However. To generalise anyone who's just criticising a show because it's shit doesn't necessarily make them keyboard warriors. We have microphones, you fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Let's have a look. No, so I was just like, oh, well, yeah, no. Surely if you've got something uh, that is a valid criticism of a show, you're not necessarily just a keyboard warrior. No.
0: That's not what a key it's not what I see as a keyboard a keyboard warrior is like a a coward who who just goes online to talk shit that they would never say in real life. Like yeah. any criticisms of bloody Star Trek I've got, I'm gonna say it in real life to whoever just as much as I would mm-hmm. online. You know, like Absolutely. What a silly thing to put on there.
1: Yeah, that, I thought that was a very strange comment. But at the same time, I was like, "I hope you're right," because the thing is, yeah, I of want, course. I want to love Picard. Of course, we do. We want it all
0: to be great. Like, I mean, we were so, so optimistic. For I wonder if I did have a bit of blinkers on when uh, both Discovery season one of Discovery and season one of Picard came out. I was so optimistic searching for the best but like it was really hard for a short time to accept that like this isn't that good is it no it's really not that good like we've been trained to trust the -hmm. people that bring these programs to us but like i really feel let down by both of those
1: yeah and i don't disagree with you I don't disagree with you at all.
0: And we have spent a lot, a lot of time talking about it, so I won't repeat it now. but
1: mm-hmm. No, agreed, agreed. So uh, thank you once again, everybody, for uh, listening. And I want to take a second just to thank Mike, Sven, Neil and Scarlett for uh, supporting us and being our beautiful Patreons. We really do appreciate all Of your support, you do really help keep the lights on over at trekmate.org.uk. Uh, so, thank you guys, yeah, thank you so much. If you want to check out our latest uh Patreon podcast as well as uh, all of our previous uh Patreon podcasts, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Trekmate, and for just one pound, you'll be able to get access to all of those as well as our guaranteed four episodes per year possibly bonus ones whenever we can fit it in so we will we'll we'll get more in yeah uh, absolutely but that's the bare bones that we're gonna uh, guarantee yeah. just to make sure yeah. that we don't disappoint but Thank you so much for uh, supporting us. And for everybody else, you are also beautiful for taking the time to download this podcast and listen to us. Uh, We appreciate it. Also
0: much appreciated. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah. And every time someone gets in touch and leaves us feedback, it does uh really mean, mean a lot to us. And if you do want to leave your feedback, head on over to either our Facebook page or on Twitter. We're at TrekMate1701. Or if you decide to email us, it's TrekMate1701 at gmail.com. And over at TrekMate.org.uk at the top, you can click on the Discord link and join us over there where we can discuss Trek whenever you like. So, uh, yeah. Make sure to get in touch whenever you feel like, because we do love hearing from you. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Wayne Emery. I've been
0: Jude Hawkins. And that's TrekMate.
1: Trekking across the universe On the
0: Starship Enterprise Under Captain Kirk
1: Star Trekking across the universe As we know it, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it, Captain, It's worse than it's dead, Jim Dead, Jim, dead It's life, Jim, but not as we know it Not as we know it Not as we know it It's life, Jim, but not as we know it Not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it. There's
0: slingons on the starboard bow, starboard bow,
1: starboard bow. There's slingons on the starboard bow. Scrape them off, Jim. Star trekking across the universe. On the starship enterprise under Captain Kirk. Star trekking across the universe. Jeez, the laws of physics, the laws of physics, Jim. Are uh, we come in peace, shoot to kill, shoot to kill, shoot to kill. We come in peace, shoot to kill.
0: Scotty, beat me up. It's worse than that, he Jim. That Jim. that Jim. It's worse than that, he dead,
1: Jim. That, Jim. That, Jim. Well, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it, Captain. Dad, Nine. Oh, que vai give her
0: I am Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and I approve this message. Tweet us at TrekMate1701. Make it so.